Welcome to the Pathways to Discipleship podcast, which serves as a guide for Christians striving to be lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. Each pathway is designed for small group or individual study to help with growth in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and in the love of neighbor. For more information on this series, head over to lovingstonesofchrist.org. You're listening to the first in the Pathways series entitled, Knowing Jesus. Session 3, The Word. Opening Prayer by St. John Chrysostom. O Lord Jesus Christ, open the eyes of my heart that I may hear your word and understand and do your will. For I am a sojourner upon the earth. Hide not your commandments from me, but open my eyes, that I may perceive the wonders of your law. Speak unto me the hidden and secret things of your wisdom. On you do I set my hope, O my God, that you shall enlighten my mind and understanding with the light of your knowledge, not only to cherish those things which are written, but to do them. For you are the enlightenment of those who lie in darkness, and from you comes every good deed and every gift. Amen. Pathway 1, Session 3 helps us to learn how we can live the second habit of the 12 habits of a disciple, encounters Jesus through Scripture. First, learn to appreciate Scripture as the living Word of God. Second, pray and reflect daily with scriptures, allowing the word to dwell in our hearts and minds. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son full of grace and truth. These opening lines of the Gospel of John reveal to us that the eternal word of God, the Logos, or the inner logic of God, is Jesus, the Son of God. The word, God's self-revelation, is found in sacred scripture, the Bible. Thus, in a sense, the whole of the Bible is a revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. By reading scripture, we don't just get to know the Bible. We get to know Jesus, the word made flesh, and learn how to follow him and his message for us on how to live our lives. God is the author of the Bible, working through human authors under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The words of the Bible were written over many centuries with different human authors, languages, and literary styles. It is divided into the Old Testament, which records God's word prior to the coming of Jesus, and the New Testament, which records God's word after the coming of Jesus. The Old Testament recounts how the Jewish people were being prepared for the Messiah or Savior. Luke's gospel, part of the New Testament, 
recounts a story of Jesus going to the synagogue in Nazareth, where he read from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. At this pivotal moment, Jesus reveals himself as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. The New Testament, and most especially the Gospels, records Jesus' life, teachings, and ministry, and bears witness to Jesus Christ as the incarnate Word, our Lord and Savior. Discussion Question 1. How have you gained a new insight from the same verse after reading or hearing it at a different time in your life? Scripture transforms us. Jesus himself was very familiar with the scriptures. Throughout the Gospels, we read of Jesus quoting them. The New Testament wasn't written yet, but in a sense, he himself was a living embodiment of the New Testament. When the devil tempted Jesus in the desert at the start of his ministry, Jesus quoted scripture to the devil. When Jesus conversed with the Pharisees, he often quoted scripture to them. And after his resurrection, walking on the road to Emmaus with two disciples, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As disciples of Jesus, we follow his approach to scripture. For Jesus, scripture is to be breathed in, reflected upon, and lived in a very active way. Jesus lived his life according to scripture, fulfilling prophecies of the Old Testament. We also are called to live our lives according to scripture. But even more, the words of scripture speak to us, animate our actions, and flow from our hearts into our interactions with others. They are a part of us. Jesus teaches, one does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Bible is in a category by itself. We develop the habit of reading and listening to the Bible to allow the living word of God to transform us throughout our lives. The same scripture passages may speak to us in different ways at different times of our lives. It is about getting to know, love, and follow Jesus Christ. Over the course of centuries, the church and her saints have learned a variety of ways to do just that. Through reading and learning the Bible, we find the answers to all of life's challenges. St. Paul wrote, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient equipped for every good work. The stories, parables, and teachings give purpose to our lives. 
They provide us wisdom, give us hope, give us strength, bring us comfort and healing, give us a sense of belonging, strengthen our faith, help us understand and defend our faith and direct our actions. Jesus taught, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. In comparing myself to a good shepherd, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Discussion question two, share a time when a Bible teaching story or verse provided assistance with a challenging situation. The Four Senses of Scripture According to ancient tradition, Scripture can be read from both a literal sense and a spiritual sense. The spiritual sense can be further subdivided into the allegorical, moral, and analogical senses for a total of four senses. Reading Scripture with this awareness yields a much more profound understanding of what Scripture is intending to speak to us. The literal sense is the exact meaning of the words, a retelling of events. When scripture says Jesus walked on water, it means to say he actually walked across the surface of the water. For purposes of praying with scripture, we need not be concerned if the literal meaning is intended to be a factual retelling of historical events. Instead, we concern ourselves with how the literal meaning points to a deeper spiritual meaning. The allegorical sense looks for meaning through symbols and types. The Old Testament often offers a symbol that is more fully understood in the New Testament. Types provide a relationship between people or events in the Old Testament that are superseded or fulfilled in the New Testament. They allow us to understand more fully the meaning, especially as they point to Christ. For example, the crossing of the Red Sea is a sign or type of Christ's victory, as well as Christian baptism. The moral sense teaches us to learn right from wrong and how to act with justice and charity. When we read how Jesus acted toward others, we see that as a moral example to follow. The anagogical sense points us to eternal significance. Anagogical comes from a Greek word meaning leading. This sense leads us to understand and strive for our heavenly home. It also leads to the end times of the world. For example, the church on earth is a sign of the heavenly Jerusalem. Here is an example of how to read scripture using literal and spiritual senses, using the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew's gospel. He saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to him, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, 
bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The literal sense is that Jesus had compassion for the crowd, healed their sick, and fed them with only five loaves and two fish. This is retelling the actual events. We can marvel at the miracle that Jesus performed. The spiritual senses give us more than one way to understand this passage. For the allegorical sense, we might notice that Jesus is giving bread which prefigures and symbolizes the Last Supper and Holy Eucharist. We might even notice the wording is very similar, blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples. The moral sense is the example Jesus gives us in caring for the needs of others. Asking the disciples to distribute the food indicates Jesus expects us to also participate in caring for others. Finally, when considering the anagogical sense, we might contemplate how this gift of food looks forward to the heavenly banquet. Discussion question three. How could reading scripture with literal and spiritual senses provide new or deeper understanding? Contemplation. There are many techniques people use to bring the scripture alive in their hearts. One approach is to imagine ourselves there as a bystander or one of the characters. We select a passage from the gospel in which Jesus is interacting with others. First, slowly read the passage, then read it a second time so the details become familiar. Second, close your eyes and reconstruct the scene. What is Jesus saying? How are others reacting to him? What emotions fill their words? Is Jesus touching someone? Is he touching me? Imagine yourself as an observer, a helper, or one looking to Jesus for help. As you complete the time of prayer, take a moment to speak person to person with Jesus, saying what comes from the heart. This approach can also be a powerful way to pray and reflect on the stations of the cross, which comes directly from Scripture. Lectio Divina Lectio Divina, or divine reading, is an ancient monastic way of praying with Scripture that is becoming more widely used. It allows the hearing of both the universal message of Scripture and a personal meaning. By entering into the Word, the love of the Father is communicated to us through the Holy Spirit. This is listening to and becoming aware of the Word speaking to each of us. Lexio Divina has four steps to it. Reading, meditation, prayer, and contemplation. First, read the passage slowly, allowing it to sink in. Second, Read the passage again, 
if a word or phrase strikes you, pause and meditate on it further. What comforts or challenges you? Third, share with the Lord what is on your mind and in your heart at this moment. Offer thanksgiving, petitions, and concerns. Fourth, wait for the Lord to speak. What conversion of mind, heart, and life is he asking of you? Bible reading options. There are a number of Catholic-approved translations of the Bible. Some notable translations are the New American Bible that is used in the lectionary of the Mass, the Douay-Rheims translation, which uses more archaic English similar to the King James Version, used often in Protestant churches, and the New Revised Standard Version, which is a translation approved by both Catholic and Protestant authorities. Catholic Bibles include seven books that are omitted in the Protestant versions, Tobit, Judith, Wisdom, Sirach, Baruch, and one of two Maccabees, plus some passages in Daniel and Esther. Many Bibles have footnotes and additional explanations to assist in understanding the text. Context is important in understanding a particular passage of the Bible. A singular verse or two taken out of context of a whole passage or the core meaning of the Bible can lead to an erroneous interpretation. When we find a passage confusing, we can rely on the catechism of the Catholic Church and Catholic biblical scholars in accord with the bishops to provide proper interpretations based on the coherence of Scripture in its totality. Writings that include the words nihil obstat or imprimatur at the beginning provide us with the assurance they are in accord with the bishop's biblical interpretations. The Catholic Church has selected Mass readings for every day of the year. Each daily Mass typically has an Old Testament reading, a psalm, and a gospel reading with Sunday Masses adding a New Testament reading before the Gospel. The Sunday readings are on a three-year cycle, while the daily readings are on a two-year cycle. They are easy to find on church websites, phone apps, and monthly publications. Many include reflections on the readings. We gain a much better sense of the narrative of the Gospels when we read them from start to finish, which provides a clearer picture of who Jesus is and the example he sets for us. There are also programs to read the Bible in a year. They provide daily readings, each taking about 15 minutes, oftentimes with reflections included. There are many Bible study options. Discussion question four. What are the benefits of developing the habit of reading from the Bible on a regular or daily basis? Bringing the Bible into the everyday. As we encounter verses in the Bible that speak to us, we can write them down for future reference. Writing them on index cards or post-it notes can read scripture in our memory or bring it alive in ourselves. We can further incorporate scripture in our daily lives by placing favorite verses from the Bible in our living spaces 
or anywhere we might often look, so they help us throughout the day. Below are some suggestions of verses along with where they could be placed. Go in peace from Judges in the foyer. We love because he first loved from 1 John in the family room. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Colossians 3, in your closet. Be still, Psalm 46, in your prayer area. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, Psalm 119, in your prayer area. Let all that you do be done in love, from 1 Corinthians, in your laundry room or kitchen sink. For God, all things are possible, from Matthew 19, at your desk. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. From Psalm 51, near a holy water fount. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, in the entryway. The placement of verses may be such that they are only visible to ourselves, or they may be placed where they are visible to others. Parents can help children place them around the home. The important thing is that they serve as a visible reminder of God's presence. Selecting a quiet time and place to read the Bible helps us receive God's word more fully. Making the Bible a habit. Reading from the Bible and in particular praying with it is life-changing when it becomes a daily habit. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believe knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Lexio Divina or other approaches of meditating on the Bible each day will help us know the Bible, allow God to speak to us through scripture, and help us live more like Jesus. Be doers of the word. Discussion questions. Number five, what struggles might be encountered when reading the Bible? Number six, do you have any favorite Bible verses? If yes, how have they shaped your outlook or actions? Our spotlight disciple is St. Jerome, who lived from 342 to 420 A.D., St. Jerome made studying, teaching, and translating the Word of God the focus of his entire adult life. Jerome was born in a village named Striden, near present-day Croatia. His father sent him to Rome at the age of 12 to be educated in rhetoric, grammar, and philosophy. Jerome had a reputation for living a loose moral life typical of most Roman youth. His conscience pricked him over time, 
and through the influence of a friend, he was baptized into Christianity while still a student in Rome. He made the decision to give up secular literature, which he felt had been leading him astray, turning his attention instead to the reading of scripture. He understood the value of scripture in forming one's worldview and how one lives. As he wrote in the preface to his commentary on the book of Isaiah, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of God. After completing his studies, Jerome became drawn to the monastic life. In 375, he withdrew to the desert southeast of Antioch. There he studied Greek and Hebrew and undertook a life of prayer and fasting. He became known as a scholar and significant monastic figure. Thereafter, Jerome moved to Antioch and continued his scriptural studies as a disciple of St. Gregory of Nazianzus. He was ordained a priest, but resisted priestly duties. In 382, Jerome returned to Rome and was installed by Pope Damasus as his personal secretary. The Pope was unhappy with the existing Old Latin translation of the Gospels, which had many grammatical and spelling errors caused by years of copying and recopying. Jerome undertook to revise the Gospel text into a version that was much closer in meaning to the original manuscripts. He was able to achieve this by going back to earlier Greek and Hebrew sources. Jerome also updated the compiled book of Psalms, known as the Psalter. While in Rome, Jerome promoted the monastic life and taught among the locals. Although Jerome was very gifted in writing and in languages, he could also be disagreeable and sarcastic. He was outspoken and critical at times, especially of lax clergy and the hedonistic lifestyles common in Rome, and he made many enemies. When Pope Damasus died in 384, Jerome's enemies tried to discredit him by spreading false rumors. He left Rome, which he deemed Babylon, for the Holy Land. Jerome and his disciples settled in Bethlehem, where he remained until his death. His translation work continued with revisions of Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, the Song of Solomon, Chronicles, and Job. He produced a Latin translation of the Old Testament based on the original Hebrew text. This was significant because all previous Latin translations of the Old Testament had been based upon the Septuagint, an early Greek translation, Jerome's writings included commentaries on most of the books of sacred scripture, including many of the letters in the book of Revelation. Jerome's translations were included in the Vulgate, the standard Bible text formally recognized as the official Bible of the Catholic Church at the Council of Trent. In 1979, St. Pope John Paul II promoted a newer translation, the Nova Vulgata, which has largely replaced the Vulgate. Jerome was named a doctor of the church by Pope Boniface VIII in 1298. St. Jerome's translations made the scriptures accessible to a larger audience. In what ways can we make scripture more accessible to the people in our lives? 
Our closing prayer is a prayer for Christ's mercy by St. Jerome. O Lord, show your mercy to me and gladden my heart. I am like the man on the way to Jericho who was overtaken by robbers, wounded, and left for dead. O good Samaritan, come to my aid. I am like the sheep that went astray. O good shepherd, seek me out and bring me home in accord with your will. Let me dwell in your house all the days of my life and praise you forever and ever with those who are there. Amen. Saint Jerome, pray for us.